Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio. Welcome to Evolution Revolution with Dulcinea. It is Thursday, March 20th, 2008. Today is the first day of spring. Begin to blossom in your life. A full moon is out tonight. Set intentions for your desires and be certain the universe and gravity will respond. Embrace the flow. Evolution Revolution is focused on offering the listeners intuitive and balanced information that fosters transformation both personally and globally, ultimately raising the consciousness on planet Earth. Thank you for joining the show this evening, wherever you may be listening. I am a metaphysician, clairvoyant and clairaudient intuitive, writer, public speaker, leader, and spiritual teacher. I am honored to have on the show tonight Dr. Susan Carroll, the author of Becoming One, People and Planet. She is a sought-after psychotherapist, lifelong student of metaphysics and world religions. She holds a Ph.D. in clinical psychology, an M.A. in audiology, and a B.A. in speech pathology. As a licensed marriage and family therapist and a certified hypnotherapist, she has been counseling in private practice for over 24 years. She has a love of nature, and through her expanded perceptions, she experiences the life in all of Earth's creatures. Susan has authored several books on multidimensional consciousness. Her latest book, Becoming One, People and Planet, explores the process of personal and planetary transformation through a blend of ecology, psychology, metaphysics, science, art, poetry, and storytelling. The yearning to learn more about personal and planetary transformation started when Susan was a graduate student studying for her Ph.D. in the early 1980s. She documented this quest leading to her website, and it offers an in-depth look at multidimensional consciousness and the journey of awakening to our multidimensional self. Through sharing her theories and experiences in cyberspace, she has communicated with many other seekers throughout the world. Welcome, Susan. Please share the evolution of your awakening, including how you arrived at the creation of this phenomenal book, Becoming One, People and Planet. Well, thank you very much for having me. Um, My evolution. I think the story of my evolution is like a devolution and then an evolution because I was like many of us, born awake and then closed down because it didn't fit, especially in the 50s when I was a little girl. So I just kind of shut myself down and shut myself down. And by the time I was a teenager, I kind of forgot who I was. Um, And then when I was about 28, I became very upset and very destitute. And fortunately, my first spiritual teacher came. And that was when I began my process of awakening with doing yoga and studying metaphysics and reading everything I could get my hands on. Um, I 
When I got my Ph.D., I studied right and left brain, how they're different, and how the emotions are processed differently in each of the two hemispheres. So that's why I first started learning about whole brain thinking. Um, And I also first started hearing about chakras, uh, the energy vortexes. And so hearing about the chakras began began a long-term seeking to discover uh, exactly what that was and how they interface with our body and how they interface with spirit. Um, and uh, the my book actually came from my website that I began like in 1999. And uh, it was an inner calling to create the website and I balked for years <laughs> And spirit just wouldn't give up. It just kept telling me, do it, do it, do it. And I had to release a lot of my fears, a lot of my... uh, I had to come out then before I had kept my true self a secret. So I began that slow process of revealing myself. And the most wonderful thing that happened is I found that there were thousands of people all over the world that were so happy to reveal themselves back to me. So it's, you know, I learned as I let myself be who I truly am, then that opens up uh, an invitation for other people to be who they truly are. Um, so I was started this book to sort of summarize the website, but then once again, you know, the, the one kind of took over and it took on a life of its own. And Gaia really had a story to tell, Gaia being the consciousness of Earth. And then I included the planetary chakras as well as the personal chakras and a lot of the whole brain thinking and exploring how we can remember the full multidimensional self that we've always been, but we forgot when we took on our earth body. But the memory is all inside of us just waiting for us to release it and untap it. Very, very amazing. And I'd have to say I really was just impressed at the integration of the biological aspect of the earth with the physiological or energ- and energetic mm-hmm. system within the human being. I thought those parallels were profound, and you did a great job illustrating how connected we we are from an individual level to the global level. It was just amazing. And I was so impressed with the information about, you know, Mount Sinai being connected with the first chakra and the Brazilian Amazon being related to the second chakra in in the human chakra system. And then, bear with me here, Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa being related to the third chakra. That was just profound. And coming from my background of biology, psychology, metaphysics, ecology, just the whole integration as well, it was the first time I really was able to embrace it on a detail level of how connected we are and how important it is that we are aware and that we are awake and that we are conscious human beings really maximizing our potential on earth. And I know for me this has been quite a process. It really started with a personal awakening and then it led to much transformation and exploration of who I was not <laughs> right. and the clearing and the fear, which right. you, you do another, again, a great job in the book, really holding 
somebody's hand and nurturing them with your, your mantras and your meditations, great, great, great tools are lie within this book. And, I, I mean, I was just really, really, again, really impressed. If only I had this through my process. <laughs> Thank <laughs> I'm you so very much. I'm so grateful I do now. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> So this is a great tool for people who are really just awakening and they have a yearning within them. They feel there's something more. They feel like, okay, there's there's a greater reason I'm here. There's a purpose. And they just start there. And then as they unravel, I think this tool really will does a great job of coming in and just bringing the big picture and then working with them on an individual level to help maximize that big picture. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. It, it it was it was great. It was a really great read. It was really phenomenal exercises. And for me, it, it, again, it just paralleled so much of what I had picked up from probably like thirty to fifty different places throughout my my search and books and training and academia and just my own spiritual connections. And it, it was profound. So this this is a, a tool that I recommend that all people get and I only was able to review volume one and there's another volume that would continue which would again becoming one people and planet which would be volume two which would then go into chakras four through seven right and uh, opening the third eye as beautiful well. right beautiful uh-huh. I can see that because I could see the parallel here was really giving people an awareness of their lower chakra system, the physical chakras, which would be chakra one through three, and then you paralleled how those related to the earthly chakra, earthly um, global systems through the uh-huh. through the through those those places that I had mentioned earlier. So it was really beautiful. So in the volume two, do you go ahead and relate the four through seven more to the heavenly? realms or are there also places on earth that are connected to those chakras there are places in earth for each of the other chakras oh great Um, yeah and uh, you know i've read several different places where they had some different chakras so um again you know there's always a lot of different stories and then everybody kind of holds within themselves what feels like the truth for them sure um that really felt to me like those were the chakras that were matching our own chakras. Absolutely, absolutely. Your perception is is always just perfect. And so (laughs) I commend you (laughs) for sharing it. You're very brave. (laughs) (laughs) So so what is the value of remembering our multidimensional self? Well, our... Without remembering our multidimensional self, we live in the illusion that we are just third dimensional, which separates us from the the planet, which has a lot of first dimensional of um, you know rocks and stones and all of the elements that make up the planet, and all of the second dimensional of the animals and the nature. And when we become aware of those parts of ourselves, then we realize that we are made up of everything that Gaia is made up of. And so that really allows us to realize that we really are the planet. We're not just on the planet. We are the planet. Um, And also, as we embrace our higher dimensional selves, our fourth dimensional self, um, which is like our aura and our spiritual self, that also uh, correlates to the planet because that's part of our aura, just like it's part of Gaia's aura. 
And so as we bring in an awareness and remember that awareness of our multidimensional self, then that can kick us in to our fifth dimensional, which is our awareness of our infinity and of our ability to be, you know, even more than a planet, of having our planetary consciousness and galactic consciousness. And each time that we become aware of more elements of ourself and more dimensions of ourself, it allows us to expand our consciousness and to embrace a broader worldview. Yes, and I have to validate for myself that was just exactly how my process went. Was I, I was a, a, there was an awakening. I was woken up to the fact that there was no separation between me and the world. And then the analogy that I received was the ocean. We're each a particle of water. How could we separate? Right. And that was my, my initial understanding. And then it evolved into, wow, I'm working with, or I'm connected to energy beings that are in the fifth dimension, sixth dimension, just these really high dimensions. And what I would see around them was pure light and infinity symbols. Mm -hmm. So it was just this infinity about it. And I remember I was walking through the Redwood Forest, so I was immersed in nature, and I had received that I was connected with one with Earth and that I was multidimensional and I wasn't separate. And and then they, they just took me to this place of awareness where I was like in a beam of light that went infinitely up and was just filled with infinity symbols. And that was in 2005. And that was my first experience that, wow, I am so much more than than I understood prior to now. (laughs) I know. And, you know, I think a lot of those infinity symbols, because I've had that too, and what I got at the time is that we're like um, igniting our our light language, which allows us to speak even more clearly with beings of the higher dimensions because they yes. they don't speak in time and space like we do in English or whatever yes. earth language. You know, they yes. speak in light and light is information and so it like um creates a broader dictionary in our brains so that when we get these communications we can translate them to English so that we can share them with other people. And that makes sense because right after then they asked me to write a book and I said, Well we'll start with an article. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely pacing myself. But, you know, and another interesting thing I found um, on your website, which I'd like to mention now, is www.multidimensions.com. Again, that's www.multidimensions.com. And you can also find on that website this link, www.becomingone hyphen book.com again you can reach that link within the multidimensions.com but just want to mention that both of those websites will get you to susan and i i wanted to to mention that there was a resource on there um the pleiadian workbook by amora kuan yin mm-hmm. how did that book influence your path well you know it's interesting because i read that book quite a while ago but i do remember that i was reading the book while I was in the Redwood Forest in Hope County. <laughs> so that's a, that's a coincidence. Um, and um, I think, you know, it's kind of hard to remember because so many of these books have all kind of like integrated into me. Overlapped, sure. Overlapped sure. and integrated. Um, yes. But um, I remember that it, 
it made me feel like it was okay or more normal or not crazy, you know, to sure. communicate with beings from other planets and other spheres because I have had those experiences for a very long time. And so I, I, it was always very helpful to see that other people were having the same kinds of experiences that I was having. And the Palladians, the Palladians always felt very loving and nurturing and kind of maternal and caring to me. Um, yes. And I think that's, I, I remember I'm having an image, as you said, that, that I was uh, sitting in a little chair right at the edge of the campsite looking right into a whole patch of trees doing a meditation and, and just like soaring. So I think it opened up a portal in my consciousness. Yes, and I'd have to say it did the same for me. It was just one of those coincidences. I had just moved to Marin County in the Redwoods, mm-hmm. and um, they took me to a little shop in San Anselmo, just a little bookstore. And I went in there, and she goes, oh, I just got all these used books. I don't have room for them in my shop. I don't know what to do with them. She goes, can you please buy them? I'll give you, like, a bunch of them for $5. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, great. This is like a gold mine to me, right? Yeah. I'm on the search. So I got this book, and this book just kept flashing at me. I mean, every time I'd, like, flip through the books, this book would, like, be, like, light would come off of it. And I thought, okay, I need to get that book. So I got that book. It ended up being the Pleiadian workbook. And I read it, and it was just transforming me. Just every night I lived in the Redwoods, it was just like every, it was just changing. And then I thought, this is really cool, universe, but I think I need to, like, take this to a classroom because, of course, I'm still in my academic framework. I'm only out of college like a year. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I need a classroom to make this make sense. Can, does that even exist? And the grace of God, it did. And right down the street there in San Rafael, there was an intuitive training institute, Asclepion, that um, was an an offshoot of the Berkeley Psychic Institute. And all of the tools that I had read in that workbook were implemented at the institute, but in their framework. Oh, great. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. And so for me, that book has done a lot to help me open up to multiple dimensions and a lot of what you presented in the book, Becoming One People and Planet, really to me I could see the direct correlation to what was presented in that book, the Pleiadian workbook. Oh, great. Yeah, so I, I was like, you have to mention that. That was, it, I mean, it was so empowering for me in my process, so validating. And I recommend that to many of my clients. Um, today, and they call me and let me know, wow, that book's changing my life. (laughs) Not all of them, you know, have access to intuitive training programs or whatnot. Yeah, I think that um, channeled information has a certain feel, and I think um, there's like an encryption um, that goes with these kinds of messages, that there's like an attachment of a higher frequency. And when people read books that are challenged are channeled or articles that are channeled, that, that encryption kind of uh, searches around like in that person's consciousness and leaves a little package so when they're ready or if they're open at the time to kind of um, get the expanded picture of it. So there's like a multi-dimensional quality to the message. So you're getting something in your like mundane mind, but it's also going into your unconscious um, instincts and intuitive mind and your superconscious illumination and waking you up on many levels. Yes, it's like a divine download. <laughs> yes, exactly. exactly. 
Yes, and another thing that I think personally just validated what you um, what you said more was for me the Pleiadian workbook. Interestingly, my awakening happened in the Valley of Mount Shasta and Chico area, mm-hmm. and the Pleiadian workbook Amara Kuan Yin work. It, she lives in Mount Shasta, so I think the frequencies again, like what you said, that downloading frequency. I think it just expanded what I had initiated in two thousand and two. <laughs> right, and in. Um Mount Shasta is the, let me see, the fifth earth chakra. Fifth or sixth. Oh, communication. Mm -hmm. Wow, that would make sense. I definitely have a role in communication. (laughs) Right, the fifth, right. Wow, that's good to know. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's really exciting. How fun. Well, wonderful. So there have been many, many resources that have come into play to your with your creation, but what would you recommend as some of the valuable core resources aside from your book that people could use to really optimize their process? Oh. Like your meditations? Right. Well, my meditations... Um, the meditations that are written in the book, I have free downloads off of my website because sometimes it's hard to meditate off of a written word because you want to close your eyes and then you can't read. So because of that, <laughs> I have made um, downloads that are free. You can put them in your iPod and you can listen to the meditations there. And um, soon I am going to have um, um, podcasts and kind of take people through the process of the book, just gradually going through the different processes of the book. Wonderful. And they can find those directly related to the book at www.becomingone-book.com, correct? So those are actually, well, I'm not I sure think if they're on there. They, might, they, link there, they link to that, and it's also on uh, multidimensions.com right on the first page. Great. So either way, they can find yeah, you. Yeah, I think they can get them either way. Right. Great. You know, you did a really great job with the website, too, just to let people know, talking about tools. I think that multidimensions.com is a phenomenal, phenomenal tool. You can, of course, order the book on the website. That's your first step in getting this tool. And there are the meditations there. There are the free meditations. There are the meditations that accompanied the book. There are several types of products that have great energy. Just I was looking through them, the artwork, the energy. Did you create all that artwork yourself? Yes, I did. I knew you did. It was so beautiful. I felt <laughs> the energy of it. I could feel it, So, but I was had to ask. <laughs> yes. There are some journals and stickers, cards, mugs, CDs, art. So a lot of great products to really just help bring you into the vibration and expand your consciousness. There were some phenomenal resources. And, of course, as the researcher in me, this was like my favorite part. I was like, why didn't I find this years ago? (laughs) And and it it, it was really rich with the partner links and the links within the website. I mean, it just – did that take you just years to accumulate? Yes, I started the website like in 1999. And – so gradually this long process of people linking with me and me linking with people. And um, also uh, I really love getting research off of the Internet because it's hard to get the 
real modern, right now, most expanded things in the bookstores. You know, it used to be that they had lots of little esoteric bookstores that I would comb around and get all these great books, but they don't have those all closed now. So the best resource to get these things are, you know, get this really new information I found on the internet. Yeah. So I've just, you know. Once I discovered the internet, it was a gold mine, and I printed out and printed out and printed out, and <laughs> I don't even know where it all is now. It's in my brain now, in my mind. <laughs> sure, sure, it's like a Venn diagram. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. So, so it's a really great tool for people who are looking for all sorts of information. I mean, I was looking through the links for a couple hours, just clicking on them and then exploring what that they each had to offer. I think one of the most fun ones was the Namaste Cafe. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. It was it was a great resource of like how to connect with light workers, and it, it was great. So I just have to commend you that you have a great resource pool there, which just really helps let us know how credible you are and how rich of a resource you are within your own book. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. I also have a newsletter that I send out too. So. Oh, wonderful! Yeah. So people can sign up there on the website. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay, great. And in your newsletters, do you include ways to connect with you, your upcoming media opportunities, or book signings, or anything, classes, workshops, anything that you may be offering? Yes, I put those on the newsletters. Wonderful. Yeah. So. And they're often much of a process in themselves. Sure. Everything is a process, as you and I have personally yes. learned, huh? <laughs> Everything is a process. <laughs> In the third dimension, at least. <laughs> Great. So how is right and left brain communication involved in the awakening of our multidimensional self? Okay, well, <clears throat> most of our our left brain is bound in time and space and action and interaction with our mundane reality and it's uh what our our conscious interactions are and um because it's so bound in time and space it creates the a lot of the limitations of separation um and also because that is you know where our learning is stored and we have learned that we're separated and and children don't know they're separate till usually they're about 2 years old so it's a learned thing that we are separate. And you can say other cultures, such as Native American cultures, they don't see themselves as being separate from their family or from their tribe. So we have learned, especially in our Western world, how separate we are from each other and from the planet. But in our our right hemisphere, that is the big picture. That is our emotions and facial recognition and unconscious processes such as our heartbeat and our breathing and so that when we can become conscious into the quote unconscious part of our brain then we can um at least my theory is and they have done studies to this effect that we can uh make a leap like one and one does not create two so like the left brain one, the right brain two, you know, one and one doesn't create two. It probably creates, you know, infinity as far as that goes. <laughs> because um, I think there's a lot of research uh, about uh, the brain being holographic yeah. and processing holographically and that uh, we're only, 
having like conscious access to like three to five percent of our brain. And so when we can put the two together, I think that we can activate what I call our expanded perceptions. And these are innate perceptions that we all have. Um, Some are more aware of them than others, but I believe that we all have that latency within us, such as, as you've talked about, you know, clairvoyance, being able to see on a multidimensional level, and clairaudience, being able to hear multidimensionally, and clairsentience, being able to sense things around. And then there's also um, telekinesis. People can actually move things with their mind. And remember Yuri Geller could move the spoons and things. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of enhanced abilities, but we, I think we have to pull both hemispheres of our brains together to really activate these abilities. I think that's a beautiful thing, and that, that's really the key to, to bringing in that awareness and then expanding into our multidimensional self. And, and for you, in your process, were you aware that your right and left brain were communicating as you evolved, or is this something that you were more able to put together in theory and hindsight? Um, well, I guess I would always have called myself a right brain person, and I um, had a death experience when I was an infant, like six weeks old. And so I had um, some brain damage in that, um, see, I'm losing a word right now. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I went to school and I had some dyslexia, and especially with numbers. And so I was not very, like, very smart in school. Um, and but I could sense things, and you know maybe I couldn't communicate real well, but I kind of knew what people were going to say before they said it. But mm-hmm. very often they didn't say what I knew they were going to say, you know that kind of thing. Sure. You know. <laughs> um, yes. But then um, I think that that right brain stuff really helped me to get a handle on the intellectual stuff because I did end up going to college for ten years. Um, but it was wonderful because as I sat down to, at a seminar before I was starting my uh, my PhD, and the woman stood up there, this highly intelligent, you know, person, and said, "I want you all to know that I was never smart in school, that I have gained this intelligence, and and I really believe that a lot of my intelligence was activated through, um, you know, about a decade of." Uh, Meditation. I mean, I've been meditating ever since then. But I think that the meditation is what really brought the right and brain hemisphere together and what really activated uh, what people would say as intelligence. I never really considered myself as being intelligent. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's, um, that it's uh, so much of our belief system is uh, what has been fed to us from our environment as we grow up. And I think that's one of the things that happens as we integrate our multidimensional self inside in, into us. And I talk about that a lot with the lower chakras, about um, like the first chakra is getting in touch with our primitive, most primitive self. And our second chakra is about... Uh, moving in and healing our wounded child and returning to the divine child, which is the true essence that we came in as but forgot. 
And then the third chakra is um, all of our thoughts and beliefs and ways of thinking that has been trained and limited by perceptions of our reality. And as we integrate our multidimensional self, which actually activates the kundalini to, to raise, and it, um, it moves each of the chakras, they spin faster, and then it spews out um, like, you know, the waste material, the old, so the new can come in. Yes. And the new is of a higher vibration. Um, but as we were saying before, sometimes that can be a bit uncomfortable, so I talk a lot about symptoms of transformation. I'm sure yes, I, I think that was a really them. valuable part. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I really did. I mean, as I was reading through that, I thought, wow, this is something, because, you know, when you hit this, you don't really, there's no map. And so you're like, why all of a sudden is my life falling apart? Or why do I feel uh-huh. fear about everything? And and what I tell my clients, because I experienced it and had to kind of figure out how it really worked, was, you know, it just seems as if when that stuff comes up, it's the opportunity to look at it to release the pattern, to right. let in your higher self. And and if we can keep objective to that, it won't be so tumultuous. And I think amusement is a really important tool for me as well, which is part was part of my training. Just laugh, laugh, laugh. It's a high vibration. Right. Laughing. So, you know, it's, it's, even though it may seem like it's the biggest crisis in the world, ultimately we get through all of our crises. <laughs> and when and so we can we laugh, laugh at ourselves, it. we can love ourselves. Yes. You know what I tell myself, too, is, is when, I can get, I, when I get irritated and annoyed at myself, that's when I really need to just let go and, and let it all flow. Yeah. And, and I think that the amusement comes in at that point. And I think that's when, when we're in a fear pocket and we start to realize, okay, this fear isn't working anymore. Like I'm irritated at it now. It's, it's kind of yeah. annoying me. It's a burden. <laughs> and then I, we release and let in the new. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, I, I also talk a lot about fear and about how to release fear so that we can choose love instead, that it really comes yes. down to love and fear. And fear is just an energy. It's just an energy. And we, you know, the trouble with fear is that we think that it's a, you know, a prediction of something that would happen or that happened before will happen again. And it's just an energy field that we can choose to like a channel on the TV, we can tune to that channel, or we can say, no, I'm going to tune to this other channel instead. And um, it takes some practice, but it definitely makes for a lot more happiness. I agree. I agree. You know, the Course in Miracles is just choose love. You are love. Love is all there is. Right. And that's where I got I got those principles before I really went through the through the really challenging stages, so those were also a part of my tool. And, you know, one of the mantras, just to illustrate what you've just said, that really hit me in the book was um, a third chakra mantra. And you said, I now take all, all power that I have ever given to any person, place, situation, or thing, and I hold it within myself. And I thought, wow, when, when, I, when I said the words, I actually saw a gold cord bringing back my energy into my um, third chakra area, the, the lung area. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And it was like, wow, I think I really embraced that mantra. It really re- resonated with me. Yeah, that was so always that, an important one for me too. Yeah, so just to illustrate to people, there are some really, really powerful mantras that she presents 
the logic in here, Susan also does a great job at really then maximizing and bringing in that higher energy and just letting the lower fear energy kind of release. And, you know, imagine yourself being connected to the center of the planet or like a kitchen sink. You need a a drain and you just let all that fear drain down to the center of the planet and then let the new vibrations come in and and our responsibility in our process is to really invoke that new vibration through positive affirmations, as Susan has provided throughout the book, Becoming One, People, and Planet. So I wanted to touch base back on the on what you were saying about, about the right and left brain communication because I really feel that part of the evolution as a species is these children that are being labeled are called indigo children. I'm finding that they are multifaceted individuals, and it's it's pretty apparent quite young. I was teaching in the school systems and working with children over the last few years and, and just trying to observe the phenomenon. And it's, it's just very evident that that they're using their right brain and their left brain to create these just phenomenal projects. I mean, there are children in the schools today who have nonprofits by sixth grade. They just, they're so innovative and genius and creative and just have this need to serve, which explains our, our, our drive to come back to that oneness, that unification. And so I'm just wondering if you have any awareness or have had any experiences with these evolved children having the inherent gift of right and left brain communication, which would help to raise the vibration of the planet and restore our truth. Um, well, I, you know, I first heard about the new children coming in like over 30 years ago when I uh, met my first spiritual teacher, and she talked about what they called them back then was a seventh root race, um, that these new kids that were coming in, they're going to usher us in to, you know, the fifth dimensional reality, which is basically a multidimensional reality. Um, and um, I think... Part of the reason why these children can use both of their hemispheres is because they're connected to what they call the web, you know. Oh, um, yes. And so they, they, can, they are innately connected to, I, in the book I talk about um, collective consciousness, which is all of the, the consciousness of all of the humans of the planet. And as we expand our consciousness and evolve, we can actually tune into the collective consciousness and know things that, you know, I'm sure we've all had these kinds of experiences where something happens and we go, well, I knew, I knew that. I knew that was going to happen. I knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then planetary consciousness where it's not just the humans but all of the planet, you know, as well as the, the planet herself and all the different beings of the planet. And so these children, they're innately born with this. Um, and uh, one of the things that I mentioned, I, I mentioned it more in the second book, but I've been researching and curious about this for a really long time, um, <clears throat> is one of the things that, that uh, the the DNA that they've got the de- genome for that makes us uh, animal is like 3% of our DNA. And all of this rest of this DNA, they're not quite sure what it does. For a while they were calling it junk DNA. But uh, I think that this is, and there's a theory, and my belief is that this is like this hard drive of all this vast information that um, 
these children are getting access to. And all of us can also activate it. It's a lot simpler for them because they haven't learned that they can't yet. So we kind of have to unlearn what we've learned so that we can accept what we know. Um, and uh, so some of these children, they are innately using more of their brain. And I think, um, I mean, also using more of their DNA and their um you know, there's been some theories around that. It's kind of hard to get hard research on that. Um, I think people are a little concerned releasing that kind of information. So I'll find it, and then it disappears. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I think these children are just the next step in evolution, and they're here. They're really here to guide us. And I know as I talk to my clients, they'll say, well, you know, I, I can't move to a higher dimension because what about my children? I said, you know what, you'll be following your children. <laughs> Don't worry uh-huh, about your children. Uh-huh. You know, they're the door yes. openers. They're the portals. So yes. we don't have to worry about evolving beyond our children. We have to worry about keeping up with our children. <laughs> yes, and I'd have to agree. That's one of the main things I teach indigo parents are attracted to me. That's one of my laws of attraction that I have uh-huh. in my my energy field, apparently. And so that's the thing I tell them. I said, you're here to teach them about Earth, and they're here to teach you about spiritual dimensions beyond Earth. Mm-hmm. So let's look at this as a student-teacher dynamic instead of a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've each got gold, but you each need each other's gold. <laughs> and it's a challenge to parent these children because in some ways they're you know, wiser, but they're still also in a child's body within a child's emotional set. So um, parents have to kind of throw away a lot of the rule books about how to parent and to really um, open up to their own multidimensional self so that they really can know how they can become really effective parents with their special children. Yes, yes, and that's one of the things that I focus on primarily in my clairvoyant readings is helping parents connect with their children who have great gifts, but they don't know how to manage them in a six-year-old body. Exactly. Again, and yes. children have that same problem, too. It's like, what am I doing in this little body here? Because they I know. almost remember who they mm-hmm. really are. And, you know, yes. why is this so little and why doesn't it move better? And I'm not flying anymore. So <laughs> I know, I know. They're so they're so wonderful and I love working with children. They're so amazing and so pure. They just remind me of the fifth dimension. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, so, you know, in the book you talked about angels and you talked about them being one plane down from the one. And I was wondering if you could just share that with our readers. I have a lot of clients ask me, um, you know, or people inquire about, well, where do angels fit according to God, and how does that work? And I, I give them my answer, but I'd love for you to share yours. I think you did a really amazing job in the book explaining that. Um, well, you know, we all, there's all like processes of evolution, like with humans, you know, we evolve to become you know, ascended masters, and and then from ascended masters we can evolve to, our, to become our um, multidimensional self and galactic travelers. And angels, um, one of the explanations I found that I really enjoy the most is, you know, they they have their course of evolution as well. But how they function is they go up to the the source, twelfth dimension plus, um, and 
they're like batteries, and they they sit at the the font of the source or of their archangel whom they are studying under, and they fill up with unconditional love. And then they move down the dimensions into the fourth dimension, and they kind of hover around. And we can actually call angels in with flowers and toning and love. And then they, like, release this unconditional love on the humans, and they release it all, humans, animals, plants, I think they love flowers, until, you know, their battery has been drained, and then they go back up to the higher dimension and, you know, um, gather more. and Recharge. Over, and recharge, <laughs> exactly. And over over this practicing of recharging and recharging, each time they can hold a higher and higher charge. And sure. And you know, a high archangel or an archive can hold an immense charge. Wow. Um, and I think that they, and angels, um, they, they are like, they're not individuated like humans are. And I, I think sometimes people, um, angels do incarnate in human form, and, and they, they don't usually like it too much. You know, kind of tell, they're kind of real delicate, really psychic, but they're real loving. You know, I've met some angel people. I'm sure you have too. Sure. Um, we all have. And I don't think they take on a lot of lives um, because they'd rather be all in the one. It's so lonely. In the heavens. Yeah, it's it's lonely to not be always united to the one. And it's lonely for a lot of us too. Yes, yes. You know, as but, we wake up, we get this like immense loneliness. Like wait, wait, where I want more. <laughs> yeah, I know. I ask them every day, just shower me with unconditional love and yeah. give me support and validate me. I, I mean every day. And it's like yeah. the days that I really ask, man, do I get it from everyone. <laughs> oh, that's a good that's great. It is a wonderful thing. So I think even what you just expressed is so important. Have you put that into a meditation? Of 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 the angels and that energy coming down in that explanation because I think that if you gave that analogy and paralleled it with like charging a cell phone, I think mm-hmm. people would receive angels more readily. Well, that's wonderful. I will definitely have to put that on my meditation list. I'm, I'm here. It comes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm constantly <laughs> expanding that, and that that's great. Yeah, I will. Yeah, it's just really beautiful. That. I mean, when it, when I I felt the angels flowing through you, and I could see the gold, and I could see the the, the little particulate like positive and negative and zeros, all the you know the electrons, neutrons, and uh-huh. all the physics of it. So seeing all the molecular breakdown, and and then I was thinking, wow, if people could only hear this part, they'll begin to see that because I see it. Yeah, yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Well, I'm really excited. <laughs> Let me and then know. you know, also I I also wanted to add that there is an immense nurturing and loving that we can get with the planet, as you spoke about. And um, just being one with Gaia and really feeling her is, I didn't expect to make that connection through writing this book, but through writing this book, the the Gaia energy has just come in so strongly. Like mm. this week I was off, so I was gardening, which is like a prayer in itself, you know, <laughs> planting flowers. And, you know, all that wonderful love that we can get um with the angels, we can also get with the planet, and maybe the planet's a big angel. It's 
That's a good thought, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> it is. It's a very loving thought. <laughs> yes. That's, that's wonderful. I, I think that um, the connection to earth, you know, the way that I experienced it, and this kind of will make sense to what we said earlier, for me it was as if they told me, they, the Pleiadians um, came to me in my dreams and took me and showed me a whole map of the changes that would occur. It was a very intriguing thing. And mm-hmm. I was under, understanding just the light and what was coming in. And I think that those perspectives really led me back to, wow, well, the Pleiadians explained that there are a large, large group of people under the raw entity raw mm-hmm. from the Pleiadians that are have this red energy over their right shoulder. It's a red column. And what that indicates, it's a clairvoyant red column, and what that would indicate is their connection to being present at the creation of the planet. Mm-hmm. So there's a very intense intimacy with the planet that people will experience to help them reconnect with their purpose while they're here. Right, that's beautiful. I got Isn't one, it? one channeling I got, and I'm not even sure, I think it's on my website somewhere, I can't find but it been coming into my mind and it was from Gaia and she was saying how we all decided that as we were up in our multidimensional selves you know beyond form that we would like to have the experience of being a planet and so some of us said hey I'll be first dimensional I think it'd be fun to be a rock and just you know be solid and somebody else says yeah I'd like to be a second dimensional being and then some somebody would you know, oh, yes, and then, uh, you know, we'll be humans, and wait, wait, I really want to be the atmosphere. And so we all kind yeah. of, like, chose that that every part of us, just like every part of our body is actually alive, every part of the planet is alive, which, of course, is is not a new concept at all. You know, the, quote, primitive peoples always believe that, but we kind of, we lost that when we went into our Western mind, and I think that that circle is like turning, you know, everything in the world is a big circle. And, yeah. and so I think we're coming around the circle and we're realizing that we actually really are one. And and I what I've got is a lot of what this whole process of going through all these lives and evolutions and third dimensional reality is as we return back home we return to unity but just like as you said we're all drops in the ocean but each of us is aware of our individuality while we are also completely um merged into oneness and unity yes yes and it's really about learning to understand that and find the balance with it <laughs> absolutely finding the balance finding the balance period that's what it's about <laughs> no kidding that's been such a, a great part for me i'd say my latter part of my 20s was just what is balance and i had to go all out of balance to like kind of find that balance for myself <laughs> and quite the process quite the process well that's just amazing it's it's so wonderful to have you out in the world offering your tools, your creations. I'd like our audience to know the name Becoming One, People and Planet by Susan Carroll. Pick it up. It is a a book that will transform your life, change you from the inside out, and will offer you all the resources that you need to really make it through the the changes and and the the transformation, the cryosis, that breaking through into something bigger and better, the truth of who you are. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Thank you. So it's amazing. Another 
really awesome part of this book or valuable would be the appendix. I thought you did an – I'm, of course, again, the academics in me. I love appendixes because you can really <laughs> yeah. get down to, like, the, the context of the book through that. And I went through and just the appendix one, just you really break down really important terms to understand. Like, you know, I'd say 70% of my clients don't know what the ascended masters are. They don't know they exist. And and there's for me, they're such a pivotal part of my process of becoming aware. Right. So I think you, I mean, you break them down. You break the biology down, consciousness down, evolution down. I mean, you just do a phenomenal job. So people who aren't necessarily aware of all these terms that we may be talking about, they can go through and really grasp what you mean through the book. And it's just so thorough and simple and clear. So just I commend you on that. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, there You're was welcome. a lot. I had many, many years of metaphysical training. So it was uh, the good thing about the book is it helped me integrate all these parts of myself, this real metaphysical part um, with my psychological part, my artistic part, my scientific science part. So um, uh, I tried to, well, it's not even that I even tried to do anything with the book. It just kind of did it with me, you know. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I see it as a process. What you show me as you say the words are um, a caterpillar co- becoming into the butterfly, and once the book was complete, the butterfly was flying. Yes, definitely. Does that feel right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Thank you. That's the pictures I see. You're welcome. That's a beautiful, beautiful experience. <laughs> what a gift. <laughs> So you are on path and you are doing what your your role in the world and offering people great information. You've done a phenomenal job of really integrating storytelling, psychology, metaphysics, art, poetry, spirituality, or you know, earth, ecology. Just you really integrated all these different elements of the human experience and did such a powerful job at illustrating that we're one. And that that's message that we want to we want to leave with our audience today is that we are one and that we are responsible for really increasing our own vibration and becoming all that we know we are within and and expressing that in the world in whatever way makes a person feel really good inside and and the tools to do that are throughout this book and and throughout her website www.multidimensions.com the meditations, and all aspects. So, Susan, when can we have you back? And we'll have to talk about Volume 2. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you just let me know. I'll send you the book, and you can read it. Okay, great. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm really excited. I can't wait. My second handbook. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes. Well, I would Wonderful. love to return, so you just let me know. <laughs> okay, well, great. I really, I really appreciate it. I'm really excited. And so, again, the book, Becoming One, People and Planet, a manual for personal and planetary transformation. You can pick up the book at www.multidimensions.com. There are meditations, a lot of resources, information about Susan, how to connect with Susan. If you'd like to connect with her and and ask her anything she she has to do. Do you offer readings or services? Are you working with clients one-on-one currently? Yes, I am. Okay, great. So people can connect with you if they'd like to experience your services as well? Uh-huh. Yes, that's it. Wonderful. Can. Wonderful. Well, after all, we are all one. The expression of who we truly are offers insight into the infinite higher dimensions leading to vast 
possibilities of self-expression, manifestation, and creation that hold immense potential to shift humanity back to the truth, the light, and the oneness. Begin today to find your inner desires and wishes. See where they lead you. The opportunities are as eternal as you are. Next week is spring break. No show. Enjoy the holiday weekend. And coming up for April on Evolution Revolution will be Jeff Brown with his captivating and telling book, Soul Shaping, Adventures in Self-Creation, appearing on April 3rd. And on April 10th, Dr. Barbara Condren will be back from the School of Metaphysics to enlighten us about indigo children with her essential book, How to Raise an Indigo Child. And on April 17th, Taylor Wilshire will be back again to share about her newest novel based on a on A Course in Miracles, The Book of Mom. It will be available for a Mother's Day release. And also I'm honored to announce that Neil Donna Walsh will be appearing on Evolution Revolution on April 24th to discuss his latest book release, Happier Than God. We, we have some great lineups for May that will be coming up, Adrian Windsor and Dr. Laurel Clark, and we'll keep you up to date with that. You can also find the coming up shows, um, the shows that will be coming up um, on the Evolution Revolution homepage. Additionally, please explore the Evolution Revolution archive shows with inspirational authors that can be found on the Evolution Revolution homepage. The archive shows are available 24 hours a day at no charge. The archives include amazing talent such as Anna Maria Hemingway, Dr. Barbara Condren, Charles Virtue, Michael Tamora, Marla Martinson, Michael Brown, Richard Blackstone, David Robert Ord, Megan Skinner, Dr. Lisa Love, Jennifer Weigel, Betty Youngs, Taylor Wilshire, and Paula Marie Jackson. Please share Evolution Revolution with others who may desire to join us in the future for an enlightening experience. I am a metaphysical teacher, healer, and spiritual counselor who offers clairvoyant readings via phone, allowing me to connect with people anywhere. If you are interested, please contact me at lightforall at gmail.com, or you can find my bio and contact information on the Evolution Revolution homepage at www.sedonatalkradio.com. A divine and spiritually enlightening experience awaits you. Thank you for joining Evolution Revolution this evening with Dulcinea, with me, and my honored guest, Dr. Susan Carroll. Thank you, Susan, so much for coming on and sharing your powerful creation, Becoming One People and Planet. Thank you very much. We'll be honored to have you back shortly, and we'll let the audience know when you'll be reappearing on Evolution Revolution. Great. (laughs) Much gratitude to you for listening and supporting Evolution Revolution. I wish you all abundant peace, joy, miracles, and light this holiday weekend and always. Angel blessings. Good night. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. No matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio.